Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is Podcast at Ground Zero, your home for the apocalypse for episode 78, off topic number three. I am the apocalypse nerd. He is Adam Bomb Glancy. Welcome to the apocalypse. Shouldn't that have been three in 3D? Um, yes. Yeah, it should have been. Because two is boogaloo, electric boogaloo, three is in 3D. Uh, I think four is this time it's personal. Is that how it works? Is that the... It's Well, it's always personal. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, welcome to another episode of Off Topic. So um, it's we don't do Off Topic because we can't really think of something to talk about. But we do Off Topic. Well, no, we do Off Topic because we have so many little odds and ends to talk about. Yeah. That it, it, but then it's better just to do a whole uh, show just on that. You know, so, uh, and as me and Scott were just uh, saying that um, episode 78, what happened in 1978, folks? Uh, 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 me, 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 I oh, know, I Scott, know. Scott, Scott? Uh, Gamma World was published. Yes. The very first post-apocalyptic role-playing game, Gamma World. You get a A-pocalypse plus. But uh, oh, I was so bad. <laughs> a plus bomb. All right. You get an A. You get an A bomb for that. There you go. How's that? That better? Much better. Okay. Much better. So oh, speaking of Gam World, I don't know if people. Uh, I don't. I didn't post it on the blog, but um, uh, on the various Gamma World pages that are out there on um, Facebook, uh, I posted that there was a. Gam World, original Gam World poster up on eBay, uh, and because I, I follow the eBay stuff all the time, just to see if there's anything different that would come up that's Gam World that I don't already have, and it's very rare. I mean, I think I don't think I've ever encountered anything in the last ten years. Um, but there was one of the original Gam World posters up. It wasn't a lizard logo; it was the wizard logo, which is the second printing. But uh, this is the second one I've seen in a month, which is unusual. Um, I got mine like uh, 2006, and I've been probably looking since before that. Um, I've seen only maybe a, I can't say more than maybe 10 to a dozen at most come up in the last over the decade. Uh, to see two in a month is kind of unusual. The first one last month only went for $235, which is a bargain, but it was a lizard logo, but it was a little beat up. But this one uh, wasn't as bad. It went for a whopping $660. And I'm like, that is insane. The whole King Midas thing that's been coming up. Well, in its defense, it is pretty damn rare. There's there's not a lot of those, you know. I'm just glad that I got mine back in 2006. And Scott was there when I got it because we were at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival. Yeah. I put in a massive proxy bid because we had to go work the show. Uh, in the morning and hope for the best. And I only paid $107 for it. So I've got the best deal that I've seen on these Gamera posters in the last decade. <laughs> so um, I count myself very lucky. So Not to mention the actual one you got was in really good shape. You, you got a decent quality, a really good quality. Oh, perfect. I mean, I think there was one spot that had a little, it maybe had a slight wrinkle, uh, but I had mine uh, mounted and preservation glass in front of it. And once it was mounted, that crease disappeared. So mm -hmm. it is 
you know, it, well, it's not pristine because it's mounted, but I mean, what are you going to do with it? You know, you're going to like roll it up and hide it. No, you're going to, you're going to hang it up there. And how do you, how do you display something like that? You know, it's like, you, cause if you don't mount it, uh, posters, they'll get a little curved and they'll fit. Well, it's like, listen, it's always going to be hung up. It's not coming off the wall. It's not coming out of the frame. So you might as well spend the money and mount it, you know? So uh, I did. And it, it's perfect condition. It's absolutely perfect condition. The only thing I regret was not um, putting it through a scanner uh, back in 2006 when I got it, so I could have a di digital version of it. But yeah, and then just then just print it out ad infinitum. Yeah, but you can't. I can't do it now because you can't remove it, and there's not. Oh. See that's I, I figured you, you see if you had a digital version you could print it out out you could wallpaper the room with it you just every part of the every part of the house could be covered with that poster sir uh, you you clearly you clearly missed the boat there with the Gamma World wallpaper yeah I don't think I don't think the wife would have gone for that <laughs> not even the cave not even the nerdery well no well it's well the nerdery yeah I mean. <laughs> well, this this is how bad the the, the Nerdodome is because I showed Scott. I have uh, playing on the TV. Declassified atomic atomic bomb test footage from the from the fifties. So uh, <laughs> hey, that... don't don't show us your porn, okay? Hey, hey, hey! Move that back, move that back over. We don't want to see that okay it's That's fine come on it's sexy it's sexy you know it um <laughs> well where that comes from is that's one thing i've always wanted to talk about is i always forget was in the 90s there was a company uh called um u.s u.s fighter squadron inc little company they did they did these videos Plus, they did uh, some other airplane videos, too. Uh, they were actually based in Sunrise, Florida, which I found out later on, which is not that far from me. They did a series of videos um, called, um, I have the America's Atomic Bomb Tests. Mm -hmm. They did a series of these. Uh, this is the first volume. I have seven. I think there was a couple more that were supposed to come out. I don't know if they ever really did, but I, ha I, got, I got these in the early 90s, you know, again, this is how far back this insanity goes. So I have these VHS tapes of declassified uh, uh, footage, atomic bomb footage. You know, it's it's crazy. It's just black and white. It's it's just insane. I, it's a fact where I even the what I have on there is a DVD. I had I had converted into DVD, but I have all the, I still have all the VHS tapes. When they yeah. say that they're declassified, this means that they're not cut either, right? They're just the classified films documenting various bomb tests like Abel Archer. Operation or, Ivy, Buster Jangle, you know, yeah, okay. all, all that. Okay. Um, and this is the stuff that they would, what, show at the Pentagon like home movies or something? I guess, <laughs> or, or, they, or, or they would show them the troops back in the 50s, you know, like, you know. You know. Well, the one that always gets me is the guy's, who ended up being marched through the fucking ground zero? Yeah, that's probably on one of them. I haven't watched these fully in a long time. Do you remember? remember. Do you remember which test that was? That where they just had because that is some that is some bullshit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I'll have to go through them. Um, so, folks, yeah, this is not something that you're gonna be able to readily get. I mean, because they were on VHS. So, um, uh, and I have a. I still have a VHS player, but mine's not that good anymore. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't jump on the wagon of getting into one before they start producing them. You know, maybe about ten years ago, I should have got another one. Um, I'll have to like try to find one so it plays better. But um, they did put a couple out on a, on DVD. Uh, somebody else did, um, or I think they did. Uh, those you might be able to. Get, those you could probably get your hands on. I've seen them on Amazon, but that stuff gets pricey now. You know, but. Uh, yeah. I try not to tell. I try not to tell people stuff that it's like hard to get now. But hey, you know what? It's cool if you want to track it down. You track it down again. If you like, uh, you know, soldier, you know, documentary films about atomic bomb tests from the fifties, you know, then seek it out. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a good start. But uh, speaking of that. Um, Scott has been po uh, posting oh, yeah. a bunch of stuff on the Gamma, one of the Gamroll pages, and some people have been chiming in with some good stuff here. Well, I was about to say, you're talking about, I bet you could find some of these on YouTube. I have found on YouTube, people have posted, um, and I found some of this through the Twilight 2000 uh, Facebook page, people are posting old training videos from the, from the Cold War, stuff from the 80s, uh, like... The British Army, how to fight in the forest, and you know something from the Swedes. Somebody had a Swedish training video that I couldn't understand. And sweet, hey Sweden, they're Norwegian, Mac. <laughs> uh, Bunda, old Bundeswehr stuff from the from the eighties uh, uh, as well. Um, Cold War uh, soul military training films. There's even stuff older, like nineteen uh, sixties um, uh, CIA training films on how to lose a tail. Things like that. And so I wouldn't be surprised if some of your nuke tests are wandering around on uh, on YouTube. But I did, in fact, go down a, uh, uh, a pretty deep hole uh, on YouTube, wandering around finding uh, stuff that was uh, post-apocalyptic. A um, couple of them were things that you had found earlier, and I'd forgotten you were the one who posted it on this uh, on our channel, right? You posted it on, um, on uh, a podcast at Ground Zero, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I posted it on the blog uh, a while back, but apparently there's been more stuff that has stemmed off that that I haven't seen yeah. or posted. Oh, oh, that's right. You the original one was Fortress, which was a CGI film by a guy named, <clears throat> I presume a guy named Dima Fedotov. Uh, Perhaps he's Russian. I don't know, but it's this um, sort of weirdly it's a it's a it's a film of 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 war machines that have certain you know robotic components like giant intercontinental bombers and fighter interceptors that have these sort of automatic systems that are continuing to fly around and fight world war three even though everyone's dead including the occupants of the aircraft one of the best that, that was the first one was called fortress right yeah and one of the best images is the is the you know flight suits with these skeletons inside the flight suits just kind of flopping around in the cockpits as the aircraft are maneuvering and fighting each other um it's kind of um uh kind of cool. I, 
It's very cool. Oh, it's, it's very cool. I remember I first saw that. I, I was just so blown away by it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's a really cool concept. You know, I thought it was just so, cause especially it's like, you know, you know, pilot input uh, required automated systems in place. And it's just flying the mission, dropping the bombs, defensive yeah. planes are flying to defend, shooting them down, go back home, get more bombs, go out again. Just keeps on just back and forth, back and yeah. forth. And, um, uh, what I loved about the aircraft um, is the aircraft is very science fictiony and very uh, unlikely. It's uh, it's got I, it's got big cannons on it, like like a, a flying fortress. But but it's still it, got it's got props. Yeah, it's super high tech with an AI, a sort of rudimentary AI running it, even though the crew's dead. But it's got these great turbo props that are going. So you know, it's got nose art like World War II. Um, and um, the aircraft is rather interestingly built around the bombs. Yes, that was cool. <laughs> the aircraft is just this enormous sling for carrying these massive pieces of ordnance. So uh, it was a it's, it's a really good uh, it's a really uh, uh, innovative uh, film. And the guy who did it went back and made a uh, another film twice as long called "The Last Day of the War," showing what is hinted at at the end of Fortress, which is return to base for rearming and new mission. And it's showing you at the base where the aircraft is trying to be rearmed and sent out again, and every system is failing, but the machines inside are desperately rerouting power and <coughs> shutting down their own AI so they can have the power to open the, the door of the hangar, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I should have my finger on the mute button so I do not uh, cough at the uh, at the. It's very it's very unprofessional, Scott. Oh wait, here let's try it like this. How was that? Was that better? It's like magic. It is like magic. Scott, are you a wizard? I'm just, I am a wizard. I'm a sound wizard. <laughs> sound wizard of time and space. But anyways, um, very yeah. good, very good reference there, sir. Uh, but um, the. Yeah, it's an extremely uh, time. And, I think it was was it time and space, or was I think it was time and speed. I don't know, but it was him moving around in fast motion yeah. through, you know, uh, through all these through all this whatnot. I don't even remember what that short film was about. It was it was about okay uh, for the folks who don't know the wizard. I think it was a wizard of time and speed. It was this guy who was a special effect. This guy was a oh, special, yeah. he was a guy who was a special effects guy in the late seventies, early early eighties, um, and he made this film. About him making a film using all these special effects, about him being a wizard because they used to call the special effects people wizards because yeah. of things they could do. So um, not so much now because it's all just computers. But um, uh, but they were with they called them wizards, you know. Um, and uh, this was yeah, a, he uses he, he doesn't he just demonstrate a bunch of uh, effects, yeah, in, like mostly in camera stuff, force perspective. Uh, changing the film speed, things yep. like that. Yeah, yeah, and he's like in a green wizard suit, and you know he's made all these things dancing yeah. around. Anyway, so, uh, anyways, it was the kind of thing that showed up on you know night flight or something. Or, yeah, exactly. You know. But anyways, um, the uh, uh, the uh, I, I went down a little bit of a hole and looked up some other uh, post apocalypse stuff on YouTube. There's a channel called Dust. Uh, the the Fortress and Last Day of the War, I got something off of a channel called the CG Brothers, CG B-R-O-S. But um, 
uh, Dust is a channel that that collects a lot of uh, sci-fi uh, short films, and they got I found a number of uh, really interesting uh, uh, short, less than twenty-minute post-apocalypse films um, that were out there, including uh, one called The Crimson Man, uh, another one called um, uh, The Last Man, which is quite good, and uh, a really good one on Dust called Lunatic spelled L-U-N-A-T-I-Q-U-E. And that one was the most grimo of the bunch. Some of these had almost this, you know, they would be unrelentingly, unrelentingly grim up until the last moment and then sort of give you a moment of hope at the end. And Lunatic was the exact opposite. It was like, we're going to build you up. That everything's going to be great. And then they, all the terrible, horrible things happen. Uh, they're all quite good. Um, the one thing I would point out about uh, the last man that they they did very well on theirs, besides having a really first class uh, environment suit, um, whoever made the film built a really brilliant radiation biological chemical warfare suit for his survivor to be working around the, the rubble in. But. Um, they, uh, uh, they, he, the, the basic plot being a guy wakes up in suspended animation, uh, is woken up as the facility he's in is breaking down. Um, the, the power is about to run out, and just as the power is going to run out, and watch out, uh, watch out, Scott, there's a cat behind you <laughs> again, yeah. Um, <laughs> but just as the power is about to run out, and he's going to die in his cold sleep chamber. It's like, you know, the, the automatic system go up, oh, purge all systems, and they, they wake him up and force him awake and sort of force him out of the facility before the power runs out, before he's trapped inside. And uh, he's all in this military gear, and he's referred to as part of the deep reserve. And I love the idea that... <clears throat> like Mara, you know, was it like Mara Project shit or something? That's what it sounded like. It sounded like, I mean, it was made in England. It was an English uh, short film. But the idea that it was like the deep reserve, like soldiers put into into suspended animation for the purpose of waking up a few years later and starting the war all over again and beating those dirty commies or beating those dirty whatever it's like the enemy. It's um, like, it's that, like they're, they're backup for the backup. You yeah. Know? And I just love the idea of, of the deep reserve uh, in, in a post-apocalyptic setting where you wake up to, to fight the war uh, you know, and find out, yeah, it's that not, you know how you're supposed to wake up in like 18 months <laughs> and fight the invaders? Yeah, it's not 18 months, you know. You end up waking up like, uh, what's his name in um, uh, Genesis 2 and find out that... Uh, like 200 years or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good luck finding any commies, you know. they're mm, We're fresh out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, uh, that that just was a nice touch. It did make me think about is a it is a and it has been suggested, in fact, uh, not only in Gamera but in Metamorphosis Alpha. Didn't James Ward write a uh, article uh, for an alternative? I think it was in Polyhedron, an alternative beginning or alternative uh, uh, campaign setting for Metamorphosis Alpha, where you're the reserve crew who wake up on the warden. Um, it had a cold sleep. That sounds familiar from somewhere, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't give you a definitive answer on that one. It really sounds familiar to me too. I mean, I know, I know, I'd seen that where you're, 
and you don't have to play pure strain humans. You could have been mutated in the suspended animation chamber by something that happened to the radiation that affected the ship, you know. Oh, I've, I've always liked the idea of having the person from uh, out of time wake. The, I've always liked that idea for a campaign of somebody's like getting suspended. They come out and they don't know the world, which you it's, it makes it interesting because you really wouldn't know this crazy ass world, you know. Well, that's that's what they do every single time, and I think rightly so, uh, with Fallout. Um, in the first one, you're coming out of a vault. You've only lived inside the vault. Uh, in the second one, you're a, an isolated tribal living in the mountains. In the third one, back to a vault origin. You come out of the vault into the world. Uh, you don't know what the outside world is like. New Vegas, you have amnesia because you've been shot in the head, so you don't know what the world is anymore. And Fallout 4, suspended animation. There you go. He's in, um, I want to say, wasn't there an episode of uh, Thunder the Barbarian where there are these so-called ice people? Um, there were, were defrosted scientists uh, that get uh, kidnapped by uh, some creature that's got like a... It's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it opens in there. They're in Florida by Cape yeah. Canaveral. Yes. And um, there's these scientists frozen throughout the country, and there's this one, one of the wizards, you know, uh, you know, which is a, the main, one of the main protagonists. You know, well, I mean, Gemini's his main protagonist. He comes up a lot, but all the the wizards are always his protagonists. And there's this one where he's driving on this, uh, it's like this giant like tank arc thing that's like as big as uh, a twenty story building. And it just drives around, drives over stuff, and he's like trying to find these scientists because they want them to create. Because he's just like um, a brain. Yes, like, that's right. He's just a brain because you see him, and he's like it's just this cloak with a helmet, and it winds up being he's like a brain in this um, jar, this like jar with like jets on it, and it goes around. But he has magic. He has his wizard powers or mutation powers. Um, and they want him to make him a, a body, like a ro big robot body to put the brain in, you know? So, Like any good disembodied villain wants, really. I mean, the first thing you want, you know, giant uh, uh, Optimus Prime-sized uh, body to go around and stomp on shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Possibly, possibly some laser beams out of your eyes. You know, that just seems, that seems, that seems normal. Yeah, that seems like exactly what you do in a situation like that. Yeah, anyway, I, I can't remember the name of that episode, but that's what they. But they start off like they're scientists from NASA. You yeah, know. and they keep referring to them, the the the, the wizard who uh, keeps referring to them as ice people. You will yeah. give me the ice people, and I've always thought that you know, Mora Project being sort of the beginning of that, but uh, ice people would have been a, was is a good option also for Gamma World. Um, I want to say. Um, that's sort of the plot of before the uh, home before the sky falls, right? Uh, yes, there is a, a guy who comes out. He's like uh, some military guy comes out, and like uh, they like uh, he. I've, I've looked at it in a long time because that's from fourth edition people. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it's he. He needs to go to like into this facility to stop this robot that's kind of kind of on automation and they got, you know, got yeah, to something to like, he, yeah, it's something like he dials, you know, dials for calls for a cab, which is like this suit of power armor, this giant suit of power and calls for it to come dig him out of whatever facility he's woken up in. And it just wanders off malfunctioning instead. And part of the trying to put down the wandering monster that's tearing up the, 
uh, tearing up the landscape is to go find the man out of time who has sort of the keys to turning off whatever this giant battle suit is is what I that, at least that's what I remember from it the last time. I, I think so. That's funny that you mentioned the fourth edition because I've been recently looking at fourth edition because somebody was posting on the Gamma World RPG page and they were saying that oh I prefer for um, fourth I don't like first or second you know because. Uh, it was something to do with the the fanzine. And he's like, well, I don't. I, I prefer fourth. I don't like first or second. And I told him, it's like, well, it's not fourth. Isn't very far removed from first or second. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, fourth edition Gamma World rules are the precursor to D twenty. Yeah, and and yes, D and D's always use a twenty side dice, but D twenty as in the D twenty system, third edition D and D, and this came out in ninety one. So. It's the precursor to it. It has the, the, some of the elements of it. So I'm like, okay, well, I started looking at some stuff to see how can I about because uh, there's a lot of information there, a lot of good information. Oh, fourth edition has some of uh, has uh, two of my favorite books, which is uh, Secrets of the Ancients and uh, Gammonites. Uh, as as source material, I love both those books. Yeah, Gammonites uh, was a box set. That basically had miniature like little standees, so you could do like arena battles, build your uh, crazy battle armor stuff, and have them fight. But it was also a good resource for power armor and robots for the game. They mention standard issue, uh, you know, attack armor, assault armor, plastic armor in the rule book very briefly. But this goes into it and expands. Like you don't need to use it. You don't need to play the battles, but it has good information on all the powered armors and some robots that aren't there. And it actually gives you rules for customization of the armor too. So yes, yes, the idea that there's a power source for the armor, uh, this something called like a, a quantum power linker, quantum power something or other, and it can support a certain amount of um, devices, devices and, and weapons that you attach to the armor, and uh, but you know, and you have to balance out which devices you have attached to the armor, how much you know. Uh, uh, with your power supply, uh, but but it's cool because the DM, if he wants to give him these items, could customize it so they're not all cookie cutter. Yes, but also it could be the whole thing. Uh, the suit of armor could be a could be a plot point for a campaign. Like we need to find the such and such for this pa- battle armor. You know, to this attachment because we need this attachment to do whatever. You know, it could yes. be a whole, there could be a whole storyline about them adventuring to find something special for this particular armor. Oh, yeah. You've got the giant suit of powered assault armor, uh, but the quantum power coupling is cracked. You know, finding a quantum... And they make the point that, you know, in Gamma World, uh, just one of these suits is the kind of thing that the proto-city-state nations of Gamma Terra would go to war for because they're just that powerful. Oh, yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, and... uh, the um, uh, maybe the one suit isn't powerful enough to take on a death machine, but that's okay. Death machines are designed to level continents, so yeah. you know that's that's a different thing altogether. Oh yeah, well we've talked about the whole um, the story that Roger Moore had oh, yeah. in Dragon Magazine about how he surprised when he was in the military, he surprised his players and said, "Pick any god you want out," you know. So there's like six of them or something, and they all picked like four and. All these gods, 
and he put them on a plane, and three brand new randomly run death machines appeared in front of them. And I think I think I think the article said is like two guy two oh, it was two something. gods died in the first sixty seconds or something. Yeah, like it, that. It, it, was, it was something like Demogorgons. I mean, people put, well, I'll take an Orcus and I'll take a Demogorgon, I'll take Cthulhu, whatever was in the old you know Titas and demigods, and holy crap, fucking you know the, the, huh, uh, these these death machines kind of pack a bit of a punch, don't they? <laughs> yeah, well, that was his point. So then, when they played Gamoral going forward, they had a fear. Of yeah. of uh, the ancients' technology, but yeah. uh, regardless, but no, Gamma Knights is really cool for for that information. But that also, when I said about the campaign thing, actually, I kind of cribbed that from there was a Dragon Magazine article. Uh, if folks returning this to a Gamma World episode, apparently, there's uh, been a, there's been a there's been a Gamma World thing that happened with that fanzine episode last week. Yeah, where uh, he got me, I, my brain got all Gamma Worldy, and it's it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Oh, no. Uh, there's a Dragon Magazine article in the Airy section uh, called uh, The Six Million Dollar Mutant. Oh, yeah. And it has cybernetic uh, devices. And it, it, it goes into detail about them, but it also says, listen, they're like, you just don't give them the stuff. It says, you know what? You know what? They want to get the stuff, make it a make it a whole camp, make the whole adventure or campaign about finding the device or find somebody who will install it. Or repair it, you know, because they're like they're like, listen, this stuff doesn't, you know, just put itself in, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, but oh, anyway, but my, my point. Go back to your point about fourth edition, and then circle back around to the gamazine. Yeah, uh, the fourth is so I was looking at like, oh, how can I easily? I want to see. Let me start with like, say, weapons, because in first and second edition weapons, I don't know about third edition because I never really read it in detail. If I did, it's been so long. Uh, they have weapon class, and you do you have a chart. You go weapon class against the armor class, and that gives you your, your to hit number uh, on a twenty. In uh, the proto system for D twenty, they have thack, which is it was like to hit armor class. So uh, everybody gets like you know because they've added levels uh, to it as well. Yeah, so they, cla classes didn't didn't for they had classes and levels, and there's some stuff that could be adapted. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not I'm really not for having classes in Gamma World. But there's some other things that, but I was thinking about, okay, well, because you know, as you go certain levels, you increase your to hit number, which makes sense, which basically is increasing your, um, well, no, it doesn't make sense for the for original game world because there's no levels. So, but weapons, every weapon has a thack, like you know, uh, Mark 7 Blaster has a plus four thack, a laser pistol has a plus three, this has a zero. So, I was trying to see if there's any kind of correlation of weapons. And armor class. So I was looking to see. It's like, okay, well, if these weapons are class at this armor class. Let me look at them in fourth edition to see, okay, what is their thack? What pluses do they have? So is there some way for me to figure out if a weapon has a plus certain thack? This is what the weapon class should be. So we could convert anything back to first or second edition, which I thought was a good sound starting point. But the correlation isn't there because, like, you'll have like. A laser pistol and a laser rifle, which are the same class and this, but then like they have different backs. Nothing was coordinating. I mean, I didn't spend a huge amount of time on it, but I just started uh, perusing it, and uh, I didn't see anything easily uh, convertible. So uh, that's something I'll need to look at in the future. So, um, so I was telling Tom about that because the Gamazine, because uh, actually uh, that'll that got that got successfully funded and it did very well. And he has like a good amount of pages in it. 
and uh, the Jim, the James Ward, he'll have a James Ward interview in it. Um, so that's going to be coming out. Uh, I, I got from him. Um, I purchased because he still had a couple of copies. Uh, the um, for the folks who can see, if you're on video, mm -hmm. uh, the the models that we originally reviewed, because uh, again they're digest size. Uh, I got he still had a couple of copies each of the original adventures, so I wanted to have the original adventures instead of my half-assed uh, uh, printing. You know, it's very sexy, sir. Very sexy. So uh, yeah, so his zine was successful. Um, yeah, uh, he, he, I, I was recently talking to him again, and he said that he hopes to have uh, it finished by next week, and then it's going to go to uh, proofing. So he's he's coming along with it. Yeah, um, he kept having to throw, and again, this was the maximum you could give to this was five bucks. You know, that was the maximum. He got three hundred and twelve backers. Uh, he got up to thirteen hundred and ninety-eight bucks uh, worth of uh, uh, things, but not uh, everybody not everybody backed at five. A lot of people just did three just for the PDF. So yeah. he did very well. Yeah, and um, uh, the the I think the the last uh, thing that they got was new artwork, a third adventure, uh, four more uh, uh, pages of content. They got the uh, uh, Travis Hansen comic. They got an interview with Jim Ward, uh, a two page short story. Um, you know, and, uh, and uh, uh, they did a, they, they. I'm impressed. He he got a lot of content for this thing, and so it's. It, I am all excited, and as a result, I had to go and uh, check out all of my new, all my Gamma World stuff, uh, and uh, you know, get my dirty fingerprints all over it, and of course, break open the PDFs uh, that I've got. Um, some of some of which I've gotten off of Drive Through RPG, but until Drive Through RPG offers some of the products, uh, I will be uh, having to settle for <clears throat> other other sources. But as soon as they're available. On drive through RPG, I will go and run and get my official copy. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, because that's, yeah, they've recently, in the last few months, added more. Because we've been, every once in a while, we mentioned, like, oh, they added this and that. They've been adding more and more stuff. You know, they have first edition box sets, second, ed a third edition. Yeah, they haven't uh, done second. I haven't seen second edition. I wish they would do second. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. But you know what? I also wish that they would get somebody to do better layout for the PDFs. Hmm. The scans are the scans are good. I have a problem, and it's not just that. Oh, Jared, you just want your OCD. You want the way you want it. No, it it's not logically laid out. That's the problem I have with it. Like the first edition one I got, it's the box top is the front page, the box bottom is the last one. Okay, perfect, makes sense to me. That's fine. Second page is the cover of the book, the 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 the, the black and white cover. Cool, no problem. And then the next one should be uh, the first page of the book. No, it's the last. It's it's the last it's, page of the no, book. It's, no, it's not the last page. It's it's the other side of the book. The you white, know, white. No, the uh, no, the rear page. Um, like it's the oh. front cover, the back cover of the book. Okay. The back cover, the back cover of the book has some charts. So it's like the front cover, the back cover. So it has like charts on this side, and the back side has the graph paper. Then the book starts. Then they have uh, the map. Then the book starts, and then the book ends, missing part of the chart, and then it's the back of the bo box. The layout is not logical. It's like, okay, well, all right. If you want the, it should be the boxed cover. If you want to put the map first, sure, go ahead. But 
I'd say put it towards the bottom to be like it's in the box, but it's like box cover, front cover of the book, start the book, back cover because again it has consistent. It's 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 uh, another chart which is go off the last page, then the map, then the box back. So the layout is not perfect. At least it didn't drop stuff in the middle, but the front and back could be clean. And they have the same problem with because I picked up the Legion of Gold, I picked up uh, Famine and Fargo. Same thing. It's like. Front of the module, back of the module, then the map. It's like it's not. Mm -hmm. This is like as it seems like as the guy was scanning it, he just was scanning it in that order. Like he did. Okay, I did the box. I did the front cover. Here's the back cover. Now I'm going to do the map. Now I'm going to start the book. It's like he didn't. There's no. It wasn't logically put together. It's just as they were doing it. So they need to clean that up. And um, I, I don't know where we could. Uh, well, the problem, one of the problems with buying stuff through drive-thru RPGs, if you get a situation like that, because the stuff's locked, you can't just go, fuck it, I'm going to rearrange my PDF. I'm just going to take the pages and rearrange them in an order that I prefer. But you can't do that because the editing options are, are, are off. Uh, are, are... I, I, I might be able to because I've been able to in the past because I have an older version of uh, – an older full version of Adobe – which okay. is like five, and I've been able to crack stuff that normally can't be cracked if you just have a reader, but I have like a full version of it. Okay. So I'm going to try. I might be able to do it. If not, you know what? This is what you do. You get a free, you get a PDF printer. You print the first, you know, however many, you print the pages to PDF, and then you go, then you correlate and put your own PDF together, you know, from the different PDFs. It's it's a bit of a pain in the ass, but oh, that not. is that is definitely OCD. You have just graduated now into OCD on that one. Well, I, that's, no, that's, no, no, no. I know what you're thinking because I've thought the same thing when I wanted to, like. But, but, uh, but that's how you do it. If you can't, if you can't go in and edit the PDF, you have to print the PDF. You know what you're looking, what you want to do. Scan um, it back in, and then you got to kind of, you know piece them back together unfortunately that's just, uh, yeah I, i've done that with stuff where uh, what i wanted to do was create a pdf to send out to my players taking the rules from like a couple of different rule books you know some games have the rules spread out through multiple books particularly if it's a game that's sort of uh in the pro i mean uh uh what's it called rifts is sort of classic for that that you know the rules are all over the the books but um i'm a big fan of hollow earth expedition but the rules tend to get spread out through multiple books. There'll be new rules in a new book. What I wanted to do was take my PDFs that I bought off a drive-through, cut them up, put all the rules together for character creation into one bundle and send them to my players and go, here's a complete compendium of all the skills and all the, you know, per perks that you can get. You know, here's the equipment list from a, that's from this book and not from this book. Send that to them and they'd have all the information uh, that they'd need, but nope, I can't do that. Best I can hope for is uh, print it out and put it in a ring binder or something, you know, which is, which is like, I thought I was doing that in the eighties in high school. Cause I, cause I did when I was the only guy with role-playing game books, I would photocopy the insides of the, of the player's handbook or whatever, uh, put them in a ring binder, do that triple punch thing and hand them off to the player and say, here's your, rules for making a fighter here's your rules for making a wizard or whatever so that they could uh have that you know without having to go and buy the book themselves you know if they well but now, you, but now you know, like i said uh it could be done i'd have to you'd have to print with primo pdf you print okay print page one 
you know, then print everything as separate PDFs. It'd be a couple of separate ones, but then you just got to kind of mash them together then. And, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it can be done. It's, yeah, it's very OCD. Absolutely. But if you're going to do it, I'm going to pay for something, do it right. You know? Yeah. When you, when you put the front cover, the back cover, then the book, uh, somebody wasn't thinking when they did that. Yeah. Does not make any sense to me, but it may, you're right. It may have to do with just simply flipping the book over scanning that back cover and then putting the book down to start, you know, doing the interiors uh, as you know, that's just the process of how they did it. Yeah. I, I agree. I'd have switched those around as well. If I were in your, if I had been doing the layout, but, uh, <laughs> but they, but they've they been putting more and more lately. Like I said, third edition, they're putting a more fourth edition. Like yeah. they, they got the basic rule book. They have, uh, uh, they have, uh, Secrets of the Ancients. They have, um, I think they have Gamma Knights. They have, or, or, or I don't think they they've do. done. I don't think they've done the Overlord of Bumpar yet. Um, I think they have Mutant Master. Mutant Master. They have the third edition uh, modules, the series of modules. You know, like Alpha Factor. Uh, all of those. Yeah. All of those. They have all those. Uh, so they're, you know, you know what uh, they also have. I believe. I think they actually have um, uh, Cleansing War of Garrick Blackhand. Even though the second edition rules aren't released, I think they have the second edition scenario out on draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the cleanser and uh, do they have the mind masters as well? Maybe I think they do. Yeah, um, but yeah. So, it, but they haven't put out the second edition rule book. I don't know why. It seems a shame. It was one of my favorites. Well, it's just nice that they're finally doing it. You know, because again, it's a dead franchise and. But they're but they've been doing all their old catalogs as the PDF now, you know, because they're not going to support stuff. They're not going to, you know, continue to make new stuff. But they're like, okay, well, let's spend the effort because we know there's a market for it. You know, it's not going to make it's not going to it's not going to make the shareholders at Hasbro uh, a lot of money. Yeah. But but there is enough of a fan base that they want to keep them happy and you know to at least get you know they'll probably make a little more than than it costs them to put all the time to pay somebody to do it. You yeah. know. Um, but you know, it's good that they're at least doing it, you know, so that, that's something. Um, oh, another, th another thing I discovered on, uh, drive through again, drive through, uh, drive through RPG, which is a good site, you know, again, we talked about how it's a different, um, different, different, uh, publishing world now, uh, yeah. with the yeah. PDFs and the, and, but the, well, the print on demand's gotten good too. So is, uh, there was a Kickstarter for, the free the freeway warrior series by uh, uh, Joe Denver. Oh, okay, yeah. So, because uh, okay, so people who don't know Joe Denver did uh, free freeway warrior, which was a choose your own adventure series of books, post apocalyptic, uh, with a little bit of more RPG element into it. He also did the Lone Wolf uh, books as well, which is a fantasy uh, uh, choose your own adventure type stuff. Again, with it wasn't just like the endless quest books where okay, go to page four, or go to page five. There actually was an RPG element to these books, you know, where you wrote stuff down and you resolve stuff with rolling dice. So they did a Kickstarter, uh, the company in, cause there's a company in Sweden that I guess has the rights to print them. Now uh, mm -hmm. they, they've done lone wolf. They did this wild West game too, that he did. Um, so they did this Kickstarter for the free, the free, the free freeway warrior books. Now, uh, they're printed them in hardback. I have the, I've gotten the first two. I backed it, but they've now made them available as PDF. So for like nine ninety nine. So if you didn't get in on the Kickstarter and you don't want to pay, 
you know, because they're imported. So you know, it, it's probably going to cost you like 30 bucks for a book. You pay 10 bucks, you get the PDF. You can do it on your tablet. You can print out what you want. So I thought it was, it was kind of a neat option that they that they gave the PDF. So if people want to check it out, you know, because um, these books were uh, revised from the original uh, books by, you know, Joe Dever. You know, mm -hmm. he, he passed away a couple of years ago after the project was completed, but he was the one who had his hand with working with the company to revise them and update them and edit them. So it's, you know, it's not just, oh, somebody taking his work. He actually worked on him. So, uh, so yeah, I thought it was cool that they had those uh, PDFs uh, available as PDFs now, you know? No, that's very cool. That's very cool. I, I remember the Free Road Warrior uh, series, and I remember, you know, I, I guess sort of uh, being, seeing them and being like, okay, this looks cool, but, you know, <laughs> My budget being what it was back then, you bought some things and didn't buy others. And I, uh, uh, solo adventures, solo adventures weren't great for me. You know what I mean? Um, uh, sometimes I enjoyed them, but I always just wanted to tear them apart and turn them into a regular scenario that I could then play with my friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there were a few, I can remember a few uh, solo adventures. Uh, that were published it actually had a, a section in the back that was like okay here's the actual layout of the you know adventure if you want to play it with a group of people um but i'm trying to remember who it was i saw that from and i want to say it was an old um uh tunnels and trolls product or something like that because they had a lot of that a lot of soul stuff. yeah they had a lot of solo stuff in tunnels and trolls uh, <clears throat> speaking of the apocalypse. Uh, we were we're we're watching an apocalypse unfold right now over uh, with India and Pakistan taking shots at each other uh, this week. You know, I'm sure that by the time this uh, episode, people see this episode, they're like, ah, that turned out to be nothing, and it probably will. The Indians, the Pakistanis, are always uh, uh, taking yeah, shots at each yeah. other. They're always poking each other in the eye. But at this point, they've managed to bomb each other's territory and shoot down each other's aircraft. Uh, like it's all even at this point. Um, and it is always a little disturbing watching, you know, nuclear-armed countries that have fought multiple wars with each other go at it one more time. Um, frankly, um, you know, they're the only nuclear-armed countries that have ever fought wars against each other, now that I think of it. When India and China had their war in 62, I don't think India had the bomb. I think the Chinese were working. I think maybe the Chinese had the bomb. Um, uh, well, that's not true. I, oh, I, I forgot. There's the Damansky Island incident where the Chinese and the Russians fought, or rather the Soviets, fought a, uh, uh, a border skirmish in the late 60s, early 70s. You remember that? Um, uh no. It was one of those things that when it happened, it was right, it was before Nixon went to China. And it was one of the things that sort of like uh, lit up uh, the West because the idea that the Russians and the, and, or the Soviets and the Chinese could ever get into it wasn't really something anyone expected until these border incidences happened, you know, they were sort of rivals, you know, and they competed for influence amongst other communist states. But the idea that they're going to shoot at each other just hadn't come up. And remember, what was the third world war in Omega Man? It was the People's Republic of China versus the USSR, you know? And so uh, 
the uh, the idea that uh, that these two powers go. That's the last time I can remember. Besides the the packies and pack, who packies? Don't say packies, kids. That's like saying gypsy. It's wrong. It's not the thing you say. It's Roma and Pakistanis. But it's the uh, Pakistanis and the uh, Indians getting into it. They're the only nuclear armed country that does it on a regular basis. Uh, poke each other in the eye, and it it it's kind of amazing that they're still doing it. I mean, maybe maybe they're used to it or something by this time. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, uh, everyone's rattling the nuclear sabers. It'll probably become it'll probably wind down. Then you know, this week it looks like it is now. But um, yeah. Uh, that's the thing about our Armageddons. They don't have to be global anymore. You can have a very unpleasant little local Armageddon. And um, it would do nobody in the region any, any favors. And it would have a global impact. Look at the global impact of the Syrian civil war, right? We got people washing up on everybody else's beaches uh, as refugees. And it's changing the politics of the countries because the refugees are showing up. I mean, imagine what would happen if you had a nuclear war between India and Pakistan and, what, half a million Indians decide that they'd rather not sit in the fallout and wait for their gums to bleed and for their thyroids to swap and they all decide to just get the hell out? Um, that's a lot of people to shift. We're only talking about hundreds of thousands of people in places like Sarajevo and the, Bal the Balkans and uh, even um, Syria, just hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, you messed up and nuked the Indian subcontinent. You'd be have millions, tens of millions of people looking for a new place to live. Uh, that would be that would be a crap sack future for all of us. That would be problematic, to say the least. To say the least. On the plus side, we would uh, get a shitload of cool engineers and great Indian restaurants. There'd be an Indian restaurant on every corner, and. Uh, all the um, outsourced uh, uh, call centers can now be in this country. Yeah, they'll be insourced now. They'll you know? be insourced. But anyway, enough of that. But I do like the idea of more Indian restaurants because I don't really, I don't really got anything around me. So mm. um, I get, I'm, I'm always looking for a, a good chicken vindaloo. So um, <laughs> you, you and um, I was gonna say Rimmer, but that's wrong. Rimmer, Rimmer doesn't eat chicken vindaloo. Dave. Dave, Dave Lister eats the chicken. Dave Lister. Yep. Chicken Vindaloo. But anyway, let's, 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 okay, let's stop talking about reality here for a minute and uh, let's get back to our fantasy. Um, okay. Uh, one more cool thing that I came across was uh, Osprey. You know Osprey Publishing? Oh, yeah, of course. Love Osprey. I have a, this uh, bookshelf sure. next to the Russian flag here is filled with Osprey books about World War I because of my World War I project. Well, they have started uh, um, branching out to making actual games. Yes, I've heard of this. Um, so, I have. I've seen some of their games. So, they've done things like there was a um, Kickstarter for Odin's Ravens, which was a uh, Euro game uh, from Germany that came out like early two thousands, late nineties. Mm -hmm. uh, there was supposed to be a reboot of it. It got. Uh, the guy who did the Kickstarter, you know, fucked it up, didn't do it. They wound up picking up the pieces and making the game. But they've also done a game called The Lost Expedition. Um, and now they've recently done a game called Judge Dredd, The Cursed Earth. 
And this game is based off the same rules of the Lost Expedition. So uh, it's a one to four player game. It's cooperative solo. And basically, uh, try to look here. Uh, it's 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 basically cards. It's um it's a competitive artwork um sci-fi western in which players must uh, lead a team of judges against dinosaurs, mutants, the cursed earth itself, down to hunt dangerous man who fled the city before a gang of criminals could get uh, get to him first. As they scour the wastelands, the team will encounter classic 2080 characters. Um, so yeah, it's based on the same mechanics as this, um, uh, the Lost Expedition. So it's got like these fifty oversized cards plus fifty over. Uh, it's got tokens and counters. Uh, so that's out new. Uh, that came out. This came out this month. If you buy it on their website, it's thirty five. Amazon has it for under thirty. I'm currently uh, uh, there's this YouTube channel. Like one of my board game buddies that uh, here, um, all they do is. Uh, enter contests that all these like little like little youtube channels do you know because they're like i don't want to play for game pay for games so but they've won a lot of games they want to they won a uh copy of uh, cthulhu wars yikes it's like a 200 hundred dollar game you know yeah. so uh they win all the time they're so lucky but they tell me about these other like small little youtube channels so uh there's this one guy who's giving away a copy of it so i i said okay well before i buy it let me enter it and see if i could win it you know i probably won't um because I've entered a bunch of stuff, and these that she that uh, they show me, and I'm always like one per like they randomly pick somebody, and it's like oh they picked the person above me, or I had the wrong number, or they won again. So, but this was another small channel, so I might have a good I might have a chance. So it's like if I don't if I don't I'm gonna buy it because it has solo play and it's the cursed earth. So very cool. Uh, so that, that's a lot of the stuff that I've encountered. You know, I've been, again, fo focusing on Gam World again, reading stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. I, know, I know you've been doing that. Uh, I, I, I have, too. Uh, I have totally fallen down the Gamma World uh, uh, hole, which is bad because I have a lot of work to do that has nothing to do with Gamma World. Uh, <laughs> that's not where my paycheck's supposed to come from. I need to be keep working on World War I uh, and uh, Delta Green. And uh, that stuff's getting done. But Gamma World calls to me like the sirens. I mean, clearly, uh, somebody needs to tie me to the mast, I think, is how this is supposed to work. So I don't run off and start doing Gamma World stuff. And the worst part of it, this is the worst urge I have for Gamma World. This is the absolute worst urge. Do tell. This is, this is just absolute gamer masturbation. This is the worst kind of gamer masturbation. Wanting to design the world of Gamma World before they blew it up. Um, that is to say, uh, I wouldn't want the world that the players wake up in to be necessarily the United States of America. You know what I mean? It's yeah. 200 years in the future. Things blew up in the 23rd century or 24th. It's like 2308, right? It's the beginning of the social wars. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's 200 years in the future, or excuse me, 300 years in the future. Um, I, there's a possibility that you could have uh, something that's no longer called the United States of America. I would want the players, as they come out into this new world and they find these ruins, to find things that are unfamiliar to them. Like they get out and they're finding a flag or they're finding monuments or things or, but they're not monuments to the things that they remember. 
as people of the 20th century, you know, back when we were playing. I'd want them to be able to, you know, find out that, I don't know, uh, it's the United Canadian and American States or the North American Union or the Union of North America. Some, something where uh, they get out and it's, it's sort of like, you know, the way that the world of Fallout is both familiar and unfamiliar to the players when they get out into it. Ah, uh, Scott, you don't have time for world building right now. No, I don't. I do not have time for world building. And world building is the worst kind, worst kind of gamer masturbation. Absolutely the worst. But, um... Oh, I was going to say something about that. If, if you're going re to reference me to that great article in Dragon about, you know, the Shadow Years, thank you, I've already read that. Oh, no, no, no. No, the same with the, um... With the fanzine, what mm -hmm. I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to submit um, something for the next Gamma World fan the next Gamazine is I'm gonna re I'm gonna reread Hyro's Journey, <laughs> and I want to stat the Morse. Yes, heard, sir. I already started looking at it, but I need to reread the story to know what other abilities it had besides telepathy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I haven't, I haven't read that book in about thirty-five years, so I need to reread it. You know, that's the other thing. I, I'm, um, I am all done with um, all the reading I had to do for my work. Um, finished up with a couple of great books on uh, history of the uh, history of the Metacore in World War One, and a great book on how World War One affected the horror genre as presented in the nineteen twenties and nineteen thirties. There's a book called. Uh, uh, Wasteland, I think it's called, and really, really good book on uh, on the cultural shifts that happened because of in the in the horror genre. What I didn't realize, Jared, was excuse me, how much the dead body became an extra source of horror after World War One. Because it's not just World War One; it's also the global Spanish flu pandemic that wipes out another minimum of 20 million people around the globe right after world war one then this disease comes through and wipes out almost as many people or maybe even more because in some parts of the world we don't have a square counting of how many people dropped dead of the spanish flu you know because they were relatively remote places or europeans didn't care because it was happening to the chinese but uh it's sort of weird that the one of the big things that becomes a source of horror in the 1920s 1930s is the corpse and it may be where some of the first thoughts and from some of the very first imagery of modern concepts of zombies come back from this sort of revenants these vengeful dead who were sent out to the battlefields and killed for no reason come back looking for answers about why they were blown to pieces and you know eaten by rats in a muddy crater you know out in no man's land um, but it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's cool stuff, but I've gotten done with all that. Um, I'm right now I'm reading Black Moon again, which is an apocalypse novel that I've mentioned before. And, um, I really should take a moment to sit down and reread, uh, those books again, because I've, oh, yeah. it, it's been a long time. I know a lot of people have only recently discovering them, but I won't get into that, but, um, they're 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 really wonderful books for anyone who's a oh yeah no they're they're fantastic i i just finished a book called uh way of the wolf mm -hmm. and because I, I was going to give it a chance it's a way of the wolf by ee e. knight now uh 
the concept of it was it's like it didn't get into super detail. It, apparently, there was it's like a kind of apocalyptic world. Vampires are there, and apparently, because you know, because some aliens invaded and the vampires were created to use for feeding. It, it, it seemed kind of interesting at first because I've read one other post-apocalyptic book with a vampire called Vampire Winter by Lewis Tilton, which came out mm. in the late, late 80s. Uh, you'd think it'd be stupid, but it really wasn't that bad. It was uh, basically, there's this vampire like in Chicago and there's a nuclear war and he escapes his tome, um, his tome, his tomb. Um, and he's running about in the apocalypse because it's like, you know, Nuclear winter starts, so there's a lot of uh, ash and cloud cover, so he could go out in the daytime because there's no direct sunlight. Oh, and it's all cool at first, right? Because ha, 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 I'm out in the daytime. But and, then. and then the thing is he um, he could detect uh, when people are uh, got radiation contamination So because he can't feed on them. So it, it's, it, was, it was a kind of an interesting story. So I was like, okay, vampires, the apocalypse, I'm willing to give it a try. Was he going to save humanity in the same way he's saving his food supply? Uh, yeah, it kind of kind of ends off with that. So yeah, uh, but, but it wasn't. It's not a bad book. Um, Here's uh, the deal: you have to feed me, and I'll kill the mutants when they come to to get you. Yeah, but you're but you're going to have to open a vein now and again, you know, to keep me around. So I read. I, I listened to this book. It was just terrible. It was just. It just got really bad. It's like, it's like I thought the idea, but it's I, I just won't get into it. But it's like apparently it's a whole series because it becomes like this whole. It's like another men's adventure kind of thing, and it's kind of you know because it got some of the, well the life weavers and the you know because they're because they're actually these ancient alien races battling each other, and they've found their battleground on Earth, and they've been here for millennia originally. Now they're it's it's, it's really dumb, but it's one of these things. It's like well. It's like I started reading it. I have to finish it, you know. So <laughs> I'm one of these people. It's like, ah, uh, you know, like, like back in the '80s when I read the first Shinara, uh, this uh, Shinara book. Yeah. It was like it's. Eh. Then it's like, well, let me read the second one. It got worse, and like, okay, well, I have to finish the trilogy. It's like one of the things I had to complete it. You know, I had to read it. You know. <laughs> um, but this book was terrible. So, Way of the Wolf, folks, uh, don't read that book. So, um, oh, just another brief. I keep on remembering things now. Video games. There's been a bunch of video games um, that I know have come out. Like, um, well, I did. I never. I still haven't played the Mutant Year Zero one, which came out, uh, you know, a couple months ago because I don't have the time, and uh, you know, I don't want to pay for a full price for a game. I'll wait. I'll wait for it's out another six months, and then when it like. When they put on sale. I'll wait till it's on sale. Uh, then I'll try it out. Uh, but they also released um, Metro uh, Exodus. Oh, yes. Exodus. Metro Exodus, which is the third installment of the Metro series, um, which was, you know, Metro uh, 2033, Metro uh, Last Light, and then now this, which are based off the books, Metro 2033, 2033 2034, 2035. Um, I still haven't read. I have 2035. I haven't read it yet, but I read the first two, and again, I, they're, they're, they're good books. So, But they came out. If you're a video gamer, they came out with the next. Uh, if you play the other two in the series, you know the third one's out. So, and I, I like that series of video games. Well, certainly I played the very first one and found it to be uh, sort of challenging and interesting, and um, uh, it's not as – Obvious, it's not as wide open as Fallout, obviously. 
it's a bit like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a rail job, but yeah, not just because you're going through subway tunnels. Yeah, but there's there's an interesting world. It's a shame you can't explore it. It looks beautiful. Uh, gameplay was pretty tough. Um, gameplay was rough. Uh, the critters were bad news and could fuck you up easy. And, and re resource resources were limited. Yeah, very. It was a uh, real survival horror. You had to, you you were gritting your teeth quite a bit. And and, and it had my favorite. Uh, I just there was just one of my. I can't remember the line exactly, but um, like when you go to the vendors to buy weapons, like if you're gonna trade, uh, like you want to buy a weapon or trade a weapon, like the vendors like it's like you sure you want to buy that gun? That gun is for babies, you know. <laughs> It's like I can't remember how they said it, but that's for babies, you know. Like when you're looking at something that's not like the the coolest, like that's for babies. That's the way the guy says it. It's so funny. No, I don't. Rem I do not remember that at all. But oh, that, is, like, that is like, freaking hilarious. Like this is for babies, you know. Like in a very thick Russian accent, you know. It's mm -hmm. it's so funny. But that, but so that's that's come out. Um, I said I haven't uh, tried that yet because uh, again, I'll wait till they. Not really to mention, not to mention hours in the day. Oh my god! Yeah, it was, it's it, it'll yeah. happen. It'll have. I'll wait. I'll wait. Like you know, till next year when it's you know, year game of the year edition, and it's like a uh, you know quarter of the price, and then it's like okay, I'll pick it up. Plus, they've got the bugs out of it. You know, they've already and the bugs will be out. They'll, of it. they'll knocked all the, the patches will be out, and maybe some DLC will be out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was that was the other thing I was trying to remember that came out. Uh, you know, the, the Metro twenty thirty three books and. Um, Oh gosh, uh, I, I know I'm probably missing some stuff, but yeah, we we talked about a lot of different stuff, uh, yeah, a lot of cam world, but that's been on our brain lately. So yeah, and it's all it's all Tom's fault, really. Yeah, I mean, I am dying to write something for Gamma World, uh, you know his his zine. I don't know what, but I'm dying to write something. For he'll him. he'll he'll take your submissions, you know that. So yeah, yeah. Well, at least to look at him. So, um, <laughs> All right, what was that channel uh, for the folks again? What was that channel again that you found that had the things like um, like Ruin and the other the other movies? The, well, the let me uh, let me pull that up again here on my uh, Dust. Is it is a YouTube channel? Dust is the YouTube channel that that is a bunch of science fiction short films. But all I did was yeah, that has a lot of good stuff. the The ones that had Fortress and the Last Day of the War are like CGI, CGI something. CGI Bros, B-R-O-S, uh, T-H-E, the CGI Bros, B-R-O-S. Um, but yes, there was also uh, stuff from uh, Dust. There was um, uh, 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 there was some other stuff from, uh, was it? I, I'm not sure where Ruin was. Uh, and I forgot to mention Ruin. Ruin was another uh, CGI animated film uh, involving somebody who is scavenging through a very CGI uh, Gamma World City, overgrown with, uh, uh, you know, uh, overgrown with forest and whatever, who is pursued by some sort of automatic weapon system that's still tooling around from the war. And I tell you what, the thing that I liked the most about that were the missiles. Do you remember the missiles from Ruin? I did. I didn't watch Ruin yet. Ruin is uh, there's a bit where they're escaping on a motorcycle in the big, huge war machine can't follow him everywhere so it launches these missiles and the missiles uh i think they're missiles i'm not sure what they're but they're pursuing him 
they have these great engines that are kind of like the engines on a V1 rocket, where they have this kind of weird stuttering drive where it's bup, 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 there's you know it, the engine pulses, but it also has jets that are on the top, bottom, and sides. Like a VTOL or something? Yeah, so that these stuttering engines keep it up, can move it to the side, and it has this movement in three dimensions because of these stuttering engines that can sort of fire down to keep it up off the ground so it's not being held aloft by wing lift or by a propeller, you know, creating an airfoil. <laughs> it's just held aloft by these firing jets, and they're really interesting looking, and they're really creepy as far as like, oh, shit, you immediately understand what the technology is and you don't want it anywhere near you as it's pursuing our our protagonist through the city. Um, but it's a really good short film. Ruin, I don't remember where Ruin turned up uh, but uh, on YouTube, but, but yeah, just, see, just put in Ruin short film and you'll find it. In fact, yeah, and what was what was the one? What was the name of the other one with the uh, with the ice people, the ice guy? Um, oh, that was uh, one. Uh, that was called The Last Man, and The Last Man was on uh, a website by someone named uh, Gavin Rotherty, uh, and I believe there that's the guy who made the film. Okay, he just he just made that film. Uh, yeah, his his channel is literally just. A trailer for the last man. Then the last man is twenty minutes long. Uh, you know, um, just a, a real short film. Uh, well, twenty minutes, not that short, but it looks great. His gear that he created for the piece is magnificent, um, and his uh, his CGI ruined city is pretty good too. It's uh, it's a it looks it looks really good. All right, cool. All right, so uh, unless you got anything else, let's. We're, we're going to call it uh, call it a night, folks. Uh, but, yeah, so we give you a lot of stuff to think about, you know. So uh, We hope we have. Yeah, so check those films out. Uh, check, you know, if you're a Gamroll fan, check out the PDF stuff. If you, uh, you're interested in a uh, uh, player-on-adventure RPG, uh, Freeway Warrior, mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, on PDF now. Or you can buy the books. You know, they're, they, I, have the, I have the first two books. They, they've been hardback. They're really nice. You know, it's not necessary. But uh, if you like PDFs, um, uh, what else? Um, you get the games out. We have um, what else? Oh yeah, if you have a chance to track that, you can find it cheap on eBay. Is if if you're interested in something unique for a post-apocalyptic book, uh, check out Vampire Winter. I think it's Lewis Tilton. I, I believe it's Tilton. I believe is the last name. Uh, but Vampire Winter. It's like it's it's that one's available cheap on eBay. So like I've seen it for a couple bucks. You know, so. Um, you know, you might want to check check that out, and then also, oh, another thing, another one. Besides rereading Hyro's Journey and uh, the Unforsaken Hyro, um, I also want to reread. Re uh, have you ever read? Uh, you've never read Battle Circle, have you, Pierce Anthony? No, that's not making a that's not ringing a bell with me at all. All right, well, we're gonna have to get you a copy of um, Battle Circle by Pierce Anthony. It's that's that's something else we should probably read and. Uh, well, reread for me and look at it. It, it was it was originally a series of three books. Like um, it was a uh, Sauce the Rope, Var the Sword, and um, Neg. It was Neg the Voss, Sauce the Rope, Neg the Sword, and I can't remember the, th the third. But it's it, basically it's a society, and they 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 have this circle that they fight their, their differences. And it wasn't you know again. I've read it thirty plus years ago, so. Um, my memory may be failing me, but um, uh, that's something we want to try to read and uh, okay. check out too. 
but you might be you might be able to find that in your local used bookstores you know uh cheap you know because you, you have you have a bunch of used bookstores in seattle whereas i oh don't. yeah yeah yeah, I've been looking. I've been looking at the one good one by me, and I can't, I can't find it. You know, it's but it's a three hour it's a three hour round trip, so I don't get I don't go that often. You know, so yeah. You mean the one up in Jacksonville? Yeah, it's a good guy. It's a great store. Um, yeah. Apart yeah. from that part where it's not open on Sunday, it's a great store. Yeah, and it's like a three hour round trip, so I go about I probably go about once every five or six months. You know, just to uh, check it out. But yeah, see if you can track down a copy of Battle Circle at your local used bookstores next time okay. you're in there. Pierce All Anthony. Right. All right, usually, folks. I usually like Pierce Anthony's stuff, so that's that sounds good to me. All right, cool. All right, folks. So we're going to call it a wrap. Uh, what are we going to do next? Uh, Scott, I will talk. I, th I think we had some movies lined up we wanted to kind of review again. So yeah. we'll, we'll, pro we'll probably, you know, we had a bunch of stuff. Because there's a bunch of like we didn't talk about and we're not going to talk about. Oh, yeah, like, we we didn't talk anything about all the films that, that are on Netflix. Going, you know, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there that are going straight to instead of going straight to video, are going straight to our streaming services, and they are probably worth looking at. Yeah, so yeah, Netflix has got a bunch of stuff. So so check that out, folks. So all right, so we'll we'll be back soon. Uh, we'll probably do another show and probably in the next you know in the next two weeks. You know, uh, we're gonna try to keep on track. Um, uh, this time, we yeah, I, I was slowed down this time around because I've I've been down with Captain Trips all week. You had uh, Captain Trips, or was it the Sick of Moltar? I I well, I've survived, so maybe it was just the Sick of Moltar. But yeah, I was in not a good way the last uh, the last week. It's uh, I I picked up some sort of mung, and it has been no fun. Yeah, and I and I and I had to cancel last night because my wife had a minor fender bender. So we had to deal with that last night, uh, but uh, she's okay, folks. Everything was fine. It was just very minor, 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 minor stuff. So Very glad uh, to hear that. Yeah, so was I. And, and I'm glad the insurance company, the other person's insurance company said, yep, we're, they're at fault. We're going to pay for everything. So perfect. So uh, that's always good. All right, so that's it, folks. So we're going we're gonna to call the night. Um, uh, that's it. Like I said, uh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have something again in the next couple of weeks. Uh, again, it'll probably be a movie, and uh, I got nothing else to say. All right, so folks, so uh, have a good night. Thank you for joining us as always, and you know, like I always say, be socially responsible. Uh, so the best thing for you to do is to follow us on the blog. Um, if you're if you watch us on YouTube and want to subscribe on YouTube, that's probably best just to see these videos. But for anything that I we talk about, because I post random stuff too on the blog. Just follow us uh, on the. You can follow if you do RSS feeds. You can follow the blog there, podcastsackgroundzero.com. So you can follow the, the the feed there, or you can subscribe by email. There's a button to do that, and you'll get a notification when I do a post. So that's a way to keep track of what's uh, going on. So, all right, that's it, folks. So uh, enough of uh, the apocalypse nerd and bomb glancy for one day. So, uh, folks. We'll see you in the wastelands. Thank you and good night.